Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Welcome back to Commanders Uncensored. Braden, how are you? Doing good. Commanders are now 1-0. Can't be any happier to start the podcast, right? Absolutely. Before we even get started, so as we are actually recording this, it is 9-11. Today's 9-11. So I just wanted to take a moment to, you know, say never forget those people who lost their lives or people who know somebody who was there. You know, that that event touched a lot of people, and of course we know what happened, how it sparked probably the wars and this and that. So I just want to take a moment to just say never forget 9-11. The Commanders win Braden 20-16. to Yep. Not, 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 you know, we didn't win how we expected. We both had a 30 to, you know, a 20-point win, but it didn't happen that way. But, hey, they get the W1-0, right? Whatever, hey. Like I said, the Commanders win, so... You can get a little yay for that one, you know what I mean? I'm I'm with you as in, hey, you're always going to take that victory, but sometimes there is a victory where you're like, man, you leave the game feeling some kind of way. Obviously, you're happy. It kind of reminds me of the preseason game with the Ravens, and I came on here after that, and I said, I'm a little disappointed because we had our starting offense in, playing against, you know, second and third stringers, and we weren't able to totally dominate. I kind of felt that way with this team because we said before it seemed like the Cardinals really weren't trying to win, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we go out there and we get the victory, but it was a lot harder than most people thought it might be. Yeah, yeah, we get the win. We're one and know We're happy, but it's like, we won, but it's like we almost lost to ourselves in a way. Like, yeah, we should we should have really controlled and beat. It should have it shouldn't have been that close of a game. Like, you know that's that's the downside about it. But other than that, look, we're going we're moving on week one. We got the W. So before the game even started, I want to talk about that. We got there really early, and a lot of fans did. So we had said this was going to be a celebration, right? This was not a sellout. Because we were playing the Cardinals, this was probably a sellout because it was a celebration of Dan Snyder no longer being the owner. This was the new era. This was the beginning of something. And let me tell you, in my opinion, it lived up to everything that was advertised. We get there early, we park, and I wanted to walk around because I didn't want to stay. Normally when you go to a football game, you kind of stay in your area, right? This time, we walked 
I feel like we walked the whole parking lot. We walked over to the red zone lot, which I told you that they had um, command corner tailgate was advertising that this was the spot to be. Big shout out to them. So they had the hog farmers over there, the 405 crew. We had a chance to talk with uh, Jeff, Joe, and Chris of the hog farmers. Um, I believe it was uh, UK Andy. Um, uh, we had the Mad Hatter. And thank you for the beads. Um, it was it was just a great, in my opinion, a great atmosphere. So they had the, a DJ that was top-notch. The sound quality was great. Everyone was just there experiencing and and it was everybody was welcoming. You know what I mean? Like it was it was come over, you know, you could do a shot with somebody that everybody was just, you know, drinking or not drinking, it didn't matter. It was it was a celebration. We had then moved from there and then we walked down. I wanted to check out Tailgate Ted's um, setup. He had a great setup. I saw it was like boys versus girls um, and flip cup and there was music. And of course, he always has a nice spread. The food looked amazing. To I mean, it, it didn't matter what parking lot you went to, Braden. Everyone just had music going. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was smiling, playing cornhole or whatever, flip cup. It was just games, and it was just fun from the very beginning. I'm talking like 8, 9 in the morning, right? It's just oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, it was It was set up great. It was set up way better than I thought it was going to turn out. The, it was packed everywhere. All the fans were excited. They were there early in the morning. It was it it was plan- it looked like it was planned just as much as the game was. It was it was set up nice. Everyone had a great time. And it was the perfect way to start the season off heading into the stadium. I like I said, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to get there early and I wanted to celebrate with people and besides that little bit of rain that we got, you know, that on and off rain and it wasn't anything horrible, but that was really the only if you were going to complain about anything was it would spit some rain every once in a while on us, but man, it was, it was just great. It was great to see everybody talking with everyone, right? Like, I can't remember a time a pregame looked like that. And then we go into the stadium, right? The legends are there. I mean, we have RG three, the John Riggins, we have Magic with Embiid, Josh Harris group. Like everyone's there. John Don Riggins is my man, Braden. My man does not give any F's at all, right? He is John freaking Riggins for a reason. They invite him back. He hasn't been there forever, you know what I mean? He's got his sports coat on, and they announce him, and he stands up, and he opens it up, and inside he has a Washington Redskin logo stitched inside. You, you got to love yeah. John Riggins, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just great. You you love seeing that from the former guys, you know. Oh, he loves the past. He oh, loves. Yeah. He's not ashamed of who he played for. He'll tell you that's who he played for. He was a Washington Redskin, and he's not ashamed of it. I love the fact that they all came back. I mean, it, it was it was something truly magical to see. It was the past 
coming into the present, right? It, it was it was a it was a merger, if you will. It was it was the fans coming together. It was the older players coming together. It was the new ownership coming together. Hell, like I said, I want to throw this one out there because I'm trying to stir the pot a little bit. It was Philadelphia's own Joel Embiid coming and hanging out right here in Washington. He wasn't watching the Eagles game. Who was he watching? The Washington. He wasn't only what he wasn't only watching Braden the Washington Commanders. He was in the press box with him. I mean, it was it was great. I'm just trying to like poke a little fun there at, at Philly. You know what I mean? Just because I, I I like to do that every once in a while. But no, it was 100 percent a great atmosphere. Yeah, it it really couldn't have been any better, honestly. So now let's get fast forward to the game. So, of course, there was goods and bads, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's start off with the bad so then we can get to the good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You tell me, Brayden, what, in your opinion, would you say was bad? Bad, bad, O-line, I feel like I'm going to come in here and say that every week at this point. But O-line, other than bad, I mean... I, it felt it was bland in my opinion. I didn't really feel no uh, feel no great and no bad. I just it just felt like bland and just no execution when we needed to. Like I that's just why I just felt like it was a close game because you look at like you look at the game, you watch the game, and you look over the game. And it's like, man, we don't even look like that bad necessarily. It's just we don't we didn't execute in the times we like we really needed to. So I would say this right. Here's what falls under the bad category for me. The offense. The offense mm -hmm. still is not good. Yeah. This goes back, I said it, like I said earlier, even right now. This goes back to the preseason when everybody said that this team needed to play all these games for preseason so they would be ready. They're still not looking good. There's no rhythm to this offense. That's my biggest takeaway. And that's what we were saying with Scott Turner last year. When you see an offense that is on, I don't care what team it is, there's a rhythm to the offense. It is the ball's hiked, and it is it is as soon as that quarterback sets, you know what I mean, his feet up, the ball's out. It's just it's it's there's a rhythm to it. There was zero rhythm. Uh Brian Robinson, he's got 248 total yards. Um, 59 yards carrying on 19, or was that, is that, is that right? 59 yards on 19 carries? Hmm. Yeah, that's like, you said 59? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not great at all. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, our total offense is what I meant to say. Like, our offense total. Yeah, yeah. Was only two hundred and forty-eight. That's the whole mm -hmm. game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not good at all. I mean, and we're going against the Cardinals. There's some offenses that do that in like one half, damn near one quarter, right? The Dolphins probably did last week, and I thought we would be better than that. Yeah. So total is only two hundred and forty-eight. That's unacceptable, and like with rushing. 19 carries and he only got 59 yards. You got to to me that that's got to fall on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. There's there's no other reason because you have a running back who's capable, 
And you know what? The thing I love about that, though, is 19 carries. Like, I feel like last year, we, you know, if, if it wasn't working, we would stop. We would get away from the run. This year, I'm glad, you know, no matter if the run works or not during the game, you always got to stick with it. It keeps the defense on their toes then, you know? Well, let me ask you a question. So, it was getting later in the game. We had the ball near, you know what I mean, like midfieldish and like on our own territory. And I think we called three straight run plays. And it, it almost looked as if it got to the point where we got very conservative, where Eric the enemy almost, or Ron Rivera, I don't know who made that decision not to throw a pass, didn't want to maybe take a sack. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. are we just settling for, for, you know what I mean? Like, we're not we're not being aggressive. Where the teams that win are aggressive and are passing it. Like, I think we just saw the Dolphins had, like, a fourth and seven. And, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, whatever. I, it, it's, it's not really worth harping on too bad. But the offensive line, when you don't have – talked about this before we don't have any true tackles we have one true tackle i guess right on this offensive line when you just draft guys who are slash guards and tackles and centers and they're you know multiple that means they're not great at anything Graydon. and if you don't have anybody that's great then this is what you get you can't expect a guy who's really a guard or whatever it is that you're trying to say is you're putting him at tackle like Mm-hmm. You gotta have a tackle. It's gotta be your tackle. Yeah, yeah. I was watching. Yeah, I watched. I came back and I watched the highlights to the game, and I remember seeing this one Sam Howell sack he took. He lost about ten yards on it, and I was at the moment in the game. I thought, man, that's Howell's fault, whatnot. And then I watched it on the TV, and I saw he just the dude went right through up the middle, and right got to hell. And I and like, dude, that's that's one player on the line that made that mistake and that probably ruins our whole drive because now we're in like I don't know second second and 20 or third and 20 now and that's that ruins the entire drive off one play and one sack and in the game I'm yelling at Hal for not you know getting rid of the ball or avoiding the guy but then I go and watch it on the TV and yes Hal has no time and it's probably yeah if we, we don't have no freaking true linemen we got we got filling guys that make great backups you tell me you want your guards and centers to be able to interchange. I'm down with that. That's your interior, right? But your two outside guys, your two tackles have to really be tackles. That's yeah. it. Because if not, they're going to get bullied or they're not going to be able. It, it, it's one of two things. You it's don't either... got no, you got, it's an island. You don't got no help out there. That's what I'm, you're either going to be small and the guy is going to just push you or you're going to be big, and you're going to be too slow, and he's just going to blow by you. So you have to find that guy who is the unicorn, right, who is the big and fast guy to play your tackle. So he's big enough to be able to take that pressure, and he's fast enough to be able to also push that defensive you know, lineman outside of that. Now, I don't know this, though, Braden. I don't know, and I've asked this question, so I'll ask you. Why do you think, or let me ask you, what do you think is the problem with our offense with the passing game right now? There's no rhythm. I've said that. But besides Mm. there being no rhythm, so I would say it appears that the play is either, one, 
designed to be a longer play and or it is Sam Howe not reading it fast enough. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. either it's the coach's fault and he's calling plays that aren't designed to get the ball out of Sam Howe, out of Sam Howe's hand fast and or it is Sam Howe not knowing, you know what I mean, not being able to read it, and so therefore he's holding it too long. So do you think it's Eric Bieniemy's fault, or do you think it's Sam Howe's fault? What's going on here? Why Why are these plays not – why is Why is there no rhythm? Why isn't it fast? I, I believe it's Sam Howe's fault because ever since Rivera's been here, the offense, the offense has never been good. It's never been in the top ten, never been in the teens. It's always been in the 20s and above. So – that, yeah, that makes me think it ain't the offensive coordinator at this point. And I like the enemy, and I know he's not proven. But for some reason, I've got a ton of faith in him, and I'm going all in on him. So right now, it just can't be his fault when the last guy in his position was failing too. Like It has to be the personnel. It has to be the players out on the field. Okay, well, I'm not going to blame Ron Rivera for the offense because, once again, I, I've said Ron Rivera does not – Call the offensive plays, but it is Ron Rivera's job to hire people who will make good coaches and who will have his players ready. So, with that being said, you know, could Ron Rivera not have them ready, as in, like mentally ready, as in like hyped? Once again, I don't. I I have a hard time blaming him for any of the offensive struggles. I'm going to say it's. Probably a combination of both, right? So you have a new, and this is, and this was what I said earlier. With when you're bringing in Eric Bieniemy, who people think that he, I guess, called the plays in Kansas City, and he didn't. He was not the play caller. So take the name out of it. Take Eric Bieniemy's name out of it. You have a new offensive play caller who has never called plays, and you have a new quarterback who is not used to being a quarterback and you have new offensive linemen as in if they are either one new to the team and or have been here but most of them are playing new positions so it's the coaching the offensive line coach all the way to the coordinator it's their job to come up with a game plan that is going to somehow protect your quarterback, and the best way you do that is you're, you should be calling plays that are getting the ball out of his hand quickly. Absolutely, yes. And that's what I'm saying. Either Eric enemy is messing up there, or he is calling those plays, and it's just Sam Howe's not making the read fast enough. Mm-hmm. Either or, the good news is they can both as this season goes, they can both be fixed, right? Like, you have a new guy. You have two new guys that are trying to figure this out on the fly. And you can. You know, next week maybe they look great. I don't know. But Sam Howe, in my opinion, Braden, he didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. No, no, not yeah, exactly. He, I didn't know how to judge him. I, I didn't mind his performance. I'm going to say this. The biggest thing I got away from when I watched that game was Sam Howe the offense as a whole didn't look great 
But when we needed something big in the game, Sam Howe came up big. Mm-hmm. It was either a run. He ran yeah. one, right? Yep, he ran for a touchdown. Or he broke containment. Like, he, he, he felt pressure, and he yeah. got away, and he makes the, the you know, pass that, for, that's, for a touchdown. That's something that, uh, positive I kind of wanted to add in there. I didn't think of that when it was brought up at the beginning. Was Sam Howe's escapability was really good in that game. Like, I know he got sacked and stuff, but, man, he, he is – he has that bounce in the pocket where he can just scoot up or roll out, and that impressed me watching him. I, I didn't, I know he was mobile and stuff, but he he looked real good out there in the pocket moving around. I, I mean, I think most of us know that he has obviously that rushing ability and stuff because if you look at him when he went to, you know, Carolina, that was what he did, right? Like he he ran he ran a lot. And, you know, sometimes you, you look at that and you think, is that why he is where he is now? Because maybe he's not real comfortable with going through multiple reads. Some of these quarterbacks in college, Braden, it's like one read, and if it's not there, they just run. Well, in the NFL, you can't really do that as much. So, you know, like it, 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 this could just all be a learning curve mm-hmm. that hopefully he's very intelligent and hopefully it gets, it gets fixed very quickly. Now let me ask you on the opposite side, so let's talk about the good. The good, well, complete opposite of that would be the D-line. The D-line looked amazing. Montez Sweat, I give him the player of the game. Montez Sweat looked great. Forbes made a Forbes made a nice deflection out there, almost got an interception. Um, McLaurin had a couple nice catches. What, Robinson called a touchdown from Hal. That was nice. Jack Del Rio, we're going to give it to the coaches. Jack Del Rio had a good game plan. He looked good. Uh, yeah, that's that's my good. Uh, yep, I'm with you 100%. So it's time to do the woo. Who's going to get the woos for the week? And I am right with you. So the first woo of the week, Braden. <laughs> Jack Del Rio. You got to give Jack Del Rio and this defense their props this defense looked amazing Mm -hmm. i mean all game long there was pressure 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 and we got chase young sitting on the bench hey (laughs) whatever you know he's injured he can come back and we can get more pressure yep montez sweat Montez Sweat's got to get a woo, Bray. Montez Sweat is definitely 100 my MVP. Montez Sweat finished the game. He had five tackles, Braden. He had one and a half sacks. He had two forced fumbles. Mm. If it wasn't for Montez Sweat, we don't win this game. Dude, give him defensive player of the month or whatever. Defensive player of the week. That was a game by him. I believe he is going to get recognized by the NFL 100%. He he was the NFL defensive player that, of the week. That was some prime Von Miller, Khalil Mack type game right there. He he that he made turnovers himself on the defensive side of the ball. That's 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 an MVP game. That's a dominant performance yep. by a player. That is a player who took the game in his own hands. 
he single-handedly won that game. If you don't have that by him, if you don't have those turnovers, those sacks, those like two forced fumbles, I mean, right there, that's that's yeah. game-changing gameplay by Montez Sweat. The second one you did not mention, but I'm going to give him a woo. Let's give him a woo. That's my man, Cam Curl. All right, yeah, Cam Curl, he balled. Cam Curl had 10 tackles, and he nearly had an interception. It was a, it was a deflection. But these guys, they had the balls that were, they were probably catchable or, or you know, I mean, hit your hands, you should catch it. But Cam Curl, even the, like, our safeties look pretty good. Our defense, I... <laughs> I really can't say anything bad about the defense at all. The safeties looked amazing, but Cam Curl himself, 10 tackles. Eight of those 10 were solo tackles. That's great. Wrap him up. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen together. We'll give I, – I, I couldn't really separate them. I really wanted to give it to Allen or but they or Payne. Like, I, I'm, I'm going back for You know what? We're just going to combine them, and we're going to give them both the woo. So together, Braden, they had five tackles. They had one sack. They had four tackles for losses. And like I said, it was pressure, pressure, pressure mm-hmm. all game. Their quarterback was being flushed out of the pocket. He was he did not look very comfortable Mm-mm. at all. Nope. And that's because he had sweat coming from one angle. His blind side. He had the two guys coming right up the middle at him. I mean, he had nowhere to go. Cam Curl, Cam Curl's making plays out there. We got Kendall Fuller, Forbes ready to make a diving interception. We're we're on top of Josh Dobbs. And the last woo, Bray, the last woo has to go to the fans. Absolutely. Over 65,000 fans were there. And not only, Braden, were there over 65,000 fans, it was damn near all burgundy and gold. (laughs) Give yourself a round of applause. You deserve it. It was one of the greatest games I have been to, and it all started early in the morning, pregame, the fun activities, the music, the atmosphere, the fandom outside. It came inside. The legends were there. The game, we win it in the end. And the atmosphere to look around and see all burgundy and gold around you cheering with you was something I haven't seen and heard in a long time. And it was great, Braden. Absolutely. Yeah, the last game the last game I went to was last year against Philly at Washington. And it was complete opposite then. It was literally filled with more Eagles fans than Washington fans. Last week against the Cardinals, it was jam-packed all right around. It was awesome for burgundy. Burgundy and gold, babe. What would you say? Red. Red. 
I, I, I got simple colors. That's all I know. You get, <laughs> yeah, you're a little simple. It's okay. So, Braden, the overall experience from the tailgating to the very end, you're giving it a thumbs up? Oh, absolutely. The last question as far as this game I have for you, Braden, is this. This is actually moving forward after what we saw. So, why? I guess it's a two-part question. Or actually, no, we won't even worry, worry about why was the I was going to ask you why was the offense bad, but let's not worry about that. The defense was really good. Absolutely. Can this defense carry this team? That That is what's going to have to happen, I believe, for them to make the playoffs this year. But... The real, we just went against Josh Dobbs, man, and the Cardinals. Like, I don't even know who the Cardinals have as receiver. They got they don't got no Hopkins anymore. Defense looked amazing. They didn't score twenty points. But that's the thing. We don't we don't we don't we didn't go against great competition, so we don't know. But I would say, I would say yes, just because we got the names. I know we got the names on the team, and we got Jack Del Rio. I trust him, so I would say yes, we can. But it's a really we have to find out and wait. I'm going to say yes, they can too, and I'm going to say as they are carrying it, you you should start to see that shift in the offense. I would hope so. If Eric Bieniemy is who we hope he is, if Sam Howe is who we hope he is, then this offense is going to start to perform because if not, that's that's going to be tough, right? Moving on then to week two, Braden. It's 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 Washington. It's gonna be a four twenty five game. It's gonna be in Denver against the mm-hmm. Broncos. The Broncos lost yep. a close game. Mm-hmm. And they are actually three and a half point favorites. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, this is actually like one of the games I have circled down for Washington just because this is the biggest test game. Like it's only week two, but I look at the Broncos and I look at Washington as very, very similar teams. They both have a new guy calling the offensive plays, which we have the enemy I completely trust. They have Sean Payton, who everyone should trust. He's proven. They have Russell Wilson, had a horrible season last year. Now he's back with a new coach. We got Sam Howe. We got a new coach, you know. So I think this is going to be a real fun game, and both teams have something to prove. I think Sean Payton. Sean Payton tried an onside kick to start the game, to start his career for Denver. He, Sean Payton coaches how I would kind of hope that Ron Rivera and company would coach. Now, obviously, they won, so you're never going to second guess that they won. But the teams that that somehow do these fluky wins, right? I think back to was it 2017? I don't even remember the year when the Eagles won. They were basically going to fire their head coach. What, Peterson? Yes. And then he started just going for it. Basically, he started coaching, Braden. This is a this is a good way to look at it. He started coaching like he was already eliminated from the playoffs. And you know how like yeah. you just start going for it on yep. fourth down and you just start doing like stuff that doesn't go with what you should do. Yeah. Like if it's third and twenty, 
like everybody does the draw play or the screen. Nobody actually throws it deep anymore because, you know what I mean? He started coaching that way. And Sean Payton also does that. Like you said, he'll come out there and he'll just start the game with an onside kick because it, it's not what is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Speaking of what, why aren't we still, and it just, I remember sitting next to you and I looked over and I'm thinking, why is it that Washington still won't do the simple play? I think at one point, wasn't it like third and one? And we didn't, we still haven't just lined up and did the, I guess you would call it the push put. The, what pretty much everyone else is doing, it's the rugby scrum or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's where your quarterback does the sneak and your two running backs uh, yeah, are yeah. behind them or a tight end or whatever it is in motion, however it is your offense is set up. But basically, in the end, it's your offensive line pushing forward, your quarterback is sneaking it, and then he's getting pushed. For that one yard. Most NFL teams are doing that. We still aren't doing it. I swear to God, Braden. Sometimes I watch it and I'm just like, Ron Rivera is such a hardhead. He doesn't want to do it because everyone, I, 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 that's how I think. He's like, oh, we're not doing it just because everyone else is doing it. Like, But it works. If it's working, it's working. Like, come on, man. Do yeah, the simple plays. You know what I mean? So, back to the Denver game. Sean Payton will try crazy stuff, right? Like, he'll just do things. Oh, yeah. Three-and-a-half-point favorites, I don't I don't know if that's justified or not. I, I, I think you have two teams that are pretty equal here. Yeah, I think this thing is either way. Like, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, that's just a dangerous duo. I know Russ didn't have a great season last year, but you got to remember who he is, dude. He has, like, one, he has, like, two Super Bowl wins. He's a... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, this really could go either way. We, ha- I hit Washington. I just want to see a better performance out of Sam Howell in the offense. Like, I believe in the defense a hundred percent. But if if our offense improves from last week, I think we easily get this game. Now, if we have the same offense, I think we see a close score like we did last week. I want to see our offense get into a rhythm. Exactly. I still am not understanding why when you have – we don't have big guys, right? We are built more for smaller, speedier guys. Mm-hmm. Why are we not calling plays like your um, slant, you know what I mean? Like Is the, it just the me? quick bangers to get the ball in your playmaker's hand within two to three seconds. Like It's got to get in their hands quick and just let them make the plays. Did you – I feel like Curtis Samuel didn't get that many touches at all during. No, he actually had a pretty good game. I think oh, he, really? was, he was the leading receiver. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I guess I just didn't pay attention. But that doesn't mean he had a great game. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. that just means their offense. We had a total of two hundred and what I tell you, two hundred forty-eight yards total. Yeah. So because I was gonna say I want to see more of him, but I, I do too. <laughs> I I want to see these pick plays. I want to see. I want to see the ball getting out quick, and I want to see our playmakers making a move. We don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to see a rhythm get established. I want to see the ball getting out quickly. I want to see our offense actually looking like it is going down the field and scoring. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see them look good. Mm-hmm. They don't look great, but I, I at least want to see a couple drives where it's like, 
that was a convincing score. Like, not a field goal, a touchdown. They got it. They went right down and they scored. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm actually more excited for this game than I am for the Week 1 game, just for the fact I think both of these teams are so similar, and it could go either way. And, you know, Week 1, I had I think everybody had Washington winning it. So, you know, it take, it's Week 1, I'm hyped up, but it takes a little bit of the fun out of it because you don't know what's going to happen. But going into this game, we got, we got the Bills Week 3. This is the biggest test before the Bills game, and shoot, man, we go out here and we rock them, I'm going to be so hyped against the Bills. It's a winnable game. I would say this. I would. I think three and a half is high, and here's why. I think it's two teams that are pretty evenly matched up. So I would say that's even. And then let's say you give the field goal. Let's say you give three points to the home team. Then, okay, I, I get it, three points to Denver. But three and a half, well, three and a half is four points mm-hmm. as far as betting goes, right? Like, if you were to place money on this, three and a half means they got to win by four. So I don't know why it's three and a half versus three or even two because I think they say now a field goal is actually worth less than three. To me, it's a winnable game. So time to do predictions. We'll let Commander Baby come in. I guess at the end he can wrap it up. I'll start with you, Braden. Go ahead. Who wins this game? What do you got for your final score? All right, man. I got this game going either way, but it comes down to the end. Washington, 26. Denver, 24. Two-point game. Washington takes it on the game-winning field goal. In mile high, baby. Because Joey Sly, he sent the Ravens off. He's going to send Denver off. I got Washington and Denver tied, 2020. Going in overtime. No. It's the fourth quarter, and we have the ball. Sam Howe is going to do something great. He's he's going to escape, and either he's going to run it or he's going to pass it for just enough yards to get around the 40, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're bringing in Joey Sly for the long field goal. But we're in mile high. It's that yeah. thin air. All right. He's busting, and he's banging out. It's going right down the middle. It's no doubt about it. It's not just barely. It's not hitting a crossbar. He sinks this thing 100% right down the middle. Washington's going to win this one 23-20 the last seconds of the game. They, they, they walk out. We're going into week three, 2-0. Bring the Bills. Bring the Bills Mafia. Bring everything you got. We're going to be 2-0. So we both got a game-winning field goal pretty much. Joe, Joey Slide's going to be that guy. I'm feeling it. I got you. Sam Howell, he's going to lead him to victory by setting him up. And Joey Slide's going to cap it off. 100. Anything else? Uh, Just a quick shout-out. Number 13 on the Cardinals. I was sitting next to his pops at the game. Shout-out to him. Hopefully he has a good career. Yeah. I mean, shoot, man. Making the NFL, I don't care who you are, what your name is, what team you play for. That's a great accomplishment. So. Yeah, it seemed like a nice family. And I'm assuming that was maybe his sister and his mom sitting next to I saw you talking with with him um real nice family real really um humble like yeah, yeah. they were there supporting their son yeah so they were there supporting the cardinals but never they once they didn't even have cardinal jerseys on <laughs> never once were they disrespectful yeah. like yeah they were very very well 
I, I enjoyed them as well. So he was just recording his son cheering him on. I was, I was messing with him. I said, "Your son can't guard Terry, though." You know. <laughs> yeah. But now he knew I was messing with him. He's a great guy. It was, it was nice seeing him. So, Commanders get the win. I'm happy. Let's go to next week. All right. Anything else? Nope. Well, time to bring the baby in, huh? Oh yeah, bring in the baby. Bring him in. He's closing it out. Let's go. Commanders win. You're crying about a win. Oh, they barely won. They barely won. They won, didn't they? The Cardinals got it. Denver's getting it. Denver's gonna get a little bit of this, huh? Yo. So, Sean Payton, the head coach, for the Broncos, tells his starting quarterback, Russell Wilson, stop kissing the baby. Well, I tell you what, you try to kiss me, Russell, we're going to have a problem. Me and you are going to go hand to hand, buddy. I'll, I'm throwing hands with you. You want to come over here and put those dirty lips on me? I ain't having it. I tell you, somebody who can kiss me. Huh? Sierra, you want your wife to kiss me? Hey, we can have a Wilson kiss me. You can be playing. Me and her can be in the press box. You know, if there's going to be a Wilson that's going to be kissing the babies, it's going to be your wife, you know what I mean? Congratulations, I heard you guys are expecting your third baby. Well, hey, after Sunday, you might have four, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Old Commander Baby's coming home with you, huh? Washington wins this one easy, boys. Don't even worry about it. We're like Kevin Costner out there. We're just going to shoot the Broncos. We're going to shoot the horses. We win this one. 27-13. This has been Commanders Uncensored. Baby! So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.